Amen. 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 Shifting gears just a little bit, but not much. Anybody in this room, anybody a part of our streaming family that needs help, that needs help, I'm not talking about a little bit of help, I'm not talking about throw a few dollars at it and fix it, or human help. Somebody coming to say something to you that would help, or doing something for you that would help. I'm talking about big time help, serious help. You need supernatural help. Help to get over something, help to get past something. Help to be able from your heart to be able to forgive somebody. Help to be able to get through and beyond grief. Grief. Help to remember. Help to remember. Remember a moment, remember a season, remember a word that the Lord spoke that changed your life for that period of time. Help. Help to believe, help to be able to stand up for what you know is right. Help to be able to speak out. When you know something needs to be said, help to wait in patience and in confidence. Help to be free and live free. Anybody need any help like that? I want you to find, if you would, with me in your copy of the Scripture, the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. I want you to find chapter 16, <coughs> if you would. John chapter 16. This is the longest continuous series of statements by Jesus recorded anywhere in your Bible. John 14, 15, 16, and 17. All of those chapters are just the words of Jesus. He's getting ready to leave. The cross is close now. <clears throat> He's going to leave his men. He's going to leave 12, and one of them was about to abandon him, desert him, be a traitor. He was about to entrust the whole future of the gospel enterprise, the whole future of what the church would be to these 11 men and the ones that they would influence and impact, men and women, in the days to come. So you find contained in these four chapters in the 
Gospel of John, the things that Jesus believed were the most important for his people to get. The promises here, there are instructions here, there are warnings here. But some of the most incredible statements of Jesus with regard to one that, he's, that he calls the helper that you'll find anywhere in the Scripture. John chapter 16 and verse 7, Jesus says this, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, it is to your advantage that I go away, that I leave you physically. It is to your advantage that I leave you. You no longer will see me, can touch me, can hear me audibly. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, <laughs> the helper shall not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He will convict the world concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer behold me. I'm a visible expression of what's right in the sight of God. I'm standing here before you representing that to you, but there's going to come a time when I won't be here, but someone else will be here who will strongly represent what is right in the sight of God before the world concerning judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, has been judged. Verse 12, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. But whatever he hears, he will speak. Who's he going to be speaking to? He's going to be speaking to those men who are listening to these words and all of us because we share in the same faith in Jesus that they had. This helper will talk to you. This helper will say some things to you. This helper will speak into the ears that God's given you as a new creation, being born again in Jesus, that you'll be able to hear him when he speaks. Not everything that God's going to say is written in this book. You cannot contain an infinite God in 66 books. Between leather covers. Jesus says, the helper will help you by saying some things to you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. The ability to believe the Lord comes from the Lord saying something to you. 
If we have a hard time believing that something is true, then it could very well be that the Spirit of the Lord hasn't pressed that truth to our hearts. Because when God speaks, faith erupts. Can I say that again? When God speaks to a broken heart, when God speaks to a grieving heart, when God speaks to an angry, unforgiving heart, when the Lord by His helper's voice speaks, the ability to believe that what the Lord has just said is true erupts in that heart. If you're having a hard time believing something that you would believe, would want to believe is true, then it could very well be that the Lord, the Lord needs to help you, help you to believe by the sense that he has spoken that word to your heart. Do you know that the devil knows every book in your Bible, every word in your Bible? Satan knows more about the scripture than any 50 doctors of theology stack one on top of the other. But the word of the Lord hasn't changed him. The word of the Lord, though he knows it, the word of the Lord has not brought repentance because he hasn't received what he's read. He rejects it. He seeks to renounce it and seeks to try to speak lies in our hearts against the truth and power of the word of the Lord. When the Lord, by his helper's voice, speaks to a heart, then there is the capacity to rise above the things that have been imprisoning us and trapping us and bring us to a place above all of that. The helper helps. The helper helps. With, without anything in the natural changing, without everybody coming and saying, I'm sorry, Without everything, without everything changing in Washington or in some other place and things begin to look more peaceful and more agreeable and more pleasant. The Lord has the power by his helper helping us for there to be faith to rise, hope to rise, love and joy and peace to rise as the helper helps. Somebody said, but that can't happen. It's because the helper hasn't helped you yet. The helper. Who is the helper that Jesus is talking about? If you look back at chapter 14 and verse 26, Jesus speaking, but the helper, 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. He will remind you of the things that I have said to you. You know, that's why sometimes we talk about revival and a personal revival. That means, revival means to bring to life again, to bring something that has lived back to fresh life again. Lots of times that happens in a person's life when the Lord reminds you that something he said to you 45 years ago is still as good and strong and true and powerful as it was the first time he spoke it to you. And the re-embracing what we know God has said about us and wants to do through us and, and even around us that has the ability to bring revival to our hearts. 
He will remind you, Jesus said, of the things that I've said to you. One way the helper will help. But he identifies, in a sense, who the helper is. He uses it as a, as a synonym. But the helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The helper is the Holy Spirit. Well, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? If I were to ask you, just, just in, in real talking, layman's terms, who is the Holy Spirit? We'll talk about being filled with the Spirit, being set free. Who is the Holy Spirit? Jesus says the helper is the Holy Spirit, but who is the Holy Spirit? Well, you find in your Bible, this is important, this is, this is basic, but this is very important. Would you find the book of Romans? In Romans chapter 8, and I want you to look at verse 9. Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. Here's what Paul says. However, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. He's writing to the church. He's writing to believers in Jesus. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, we find in that last clause of verse 9, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ. That helps us to understand why Jesus would say, it's necessary for me to leave you, it's necessary for me to go away, and it's going to be to your advantage. Things are going to be better for you when I go away than if I were to stay here walking among you, because it will be my invisible presence that will no longer just be with you, around you, but there will be a day to come when my spirit will be in you. Comforter or helper, helper is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the invisible spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, folks, that's loaded. That's loaded, because if we embrace that, that it's the spirit even of the earthly Jesus, who when he walked on the face of this earth, cast out demons, caused, caused the, the, the natural realm to come in authority beneath him. He walked on the water. He calmed storms. There was no sickness that was any match for him. He even raised the dead. But Jesus is saying, this is going to happen after I'm taken from the earth. This giving of the Spirit, the giving of the Helper, is going to happen after I have died on the cross for the sins of the world, after I have been buried, and after I have been raised again. I want you to look real quickly. At Acts, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, no, excuse me, Acts chapter 2, Simon Peter is preaching this day of Pentecost. 
Simon Peter the coward has now become filled with the spirit of this helper, the spirit of Jesus, and he's roaring like a lion. He's no longer afraid. Words are not failing him. His knees aren't shaken except with the thrill and the joy of the message of declaring who Jesus was and is. He says in verse 32, this is Simon Peter, this Jesus God raised up again to which we are all witnesses. Look at verse 33. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. It is not the the spirit of the earthly Jesus. It is not the spirit of the Jesus on the cross, the being crucified Jesus. It is the spirit, the helper is the spirit of the exalted Jesus Christ, beneath whose feet everything that has a name is beneath his feet. The one who said, all authority, all of, Lord, will you cause this to go 18 inches and the folks who are hearing this? Don't let them check out, Lord. Don't let it be so old, so familiar that they miss it. God, shake your people. Stir us up with joy. Stir us up with a boldness and a freshness. Come, Holy Spirit of God. Now, Lord, now, in these pews and in those rooms, that it is not the spirit of the humiliated Jesus. It is not the spirit of the dying Jesus. It is the spirit of the exalted Jesus, the captain of the angel armies. The one that death could not hold and time could not stop. That's the helper. Do you need help? Do you need help? And why do we spend all our time staring at our navels? Trying to find help here. And even having the sense, well, God expects me to help myself then why would Jesus say, when I leave, it's going to be better for you than if I'd stayed? Because I'm sending you a helper. Almighty God, all-powerful, all-authority in his spirit in you. Meaning, meaning that the Lord understands that we are always going to need a helper. Can somebody say, I've I've known the Lord 40 years, and I need need him to help me as bad today as I did before I came to know the Lord. You're not in trouble with him. He's not disappointed in you. Because even though you've memorized Scripture and been through discipleship programs and have a new circle of friends, Christian friends, and so forth. That even with all of those things in place, you still need him to get you through the things that can be over your head. Grip your heart. and You don't know how to shake some things. You don't know how to quit some things. You don't know how to get past some things apart from the helper helping the helper. You know the difference between some Christians and other Christians? 
Some Christians have learned a dependency upon the supernatural power of the helper, and they, and they call on him all the time. And there are others that say, well, I went to church. I flipped God a quarter. I remember John 3.16. I can sing Amazing Grace. Big deal. The weapons of our warfare that we read before, the weapons of our warfare are mighty unto God for the pulling down. The weapons that we try to muster, and here's what I think, and here's what I can try to figure out, and here's what this other person might help me to do. They, they matter nothing in the realm of the spiritual warfare, the dimension that we really live in. And that's where we need the help from the helper. The help from the helper. The help from the helper. That there is, there is to be an understanding of who the helper is. The invisible presence of the almighty Jesus Christ who stands upon everything, who has authority over it all, and who calls us unto himself, washed us in his blood, given us a new birth, a new life in Christ, and he has come to dwell. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God, and you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Okay. That's who he is, what he's been given is to help us. But he'll say, Jesus will say in Luke chapter 11, he'll say these things. I want you to find this. So why isn't that working for me? And, and if, if it is that Jesus, by his spirit, is the one who lives in me, that I opened my heart up and I've received Christ as my Savior and Lord, he lives in me. And that verse we read in verse 9, Romans 8, it's that if, if you don't have the spirit of Jesus in you, you're not one of his. So that's who we receive. We receive the spirit of Jesus to come and live in our hearts. But then why don't, why, why don't I know any power? I mean, you know, this is how it can be. This is me and you. This is the helper. This is the helper. This is me and you. So I can, I can walk up to a drywall screw, screw sticking out of some sheetrock, and I, I, can make that, I can make it go in, wear myself out. You do this. Is, is, the, is the parallel obvious? This is a Christian, saved, born again, heaven bound, assigned to do things, accomplish things, work for the Lord, serve the Lord. But a Christian without the operation of the helper. Minimized in our effect, limited in our impact, frustrated on the inside. So then how is it, we have, we have, we have the helper, this, this is where he lives. This, this is where he is. If 
it is Christ in you, your hope of glory. Jesus, by his spirit, is in you. Then how come, how come I'm still turning Philip's head, drywall screws in my own power? Luke chapter 11. Find Luke 11. Find it. If this is anywhere close to connecting, find Luke 11. Same Jesus, different words, but same Jesus. Let me read this. Luke 11, verse 10. For everyone who asks, receives. Ask, and this is the tense, ask and keep on asking. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks and keeps on seeking finds. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. Now suppose one of you fathers is asked by his son for a fish. He'll not give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, he'll not give him a scorpion, will he? Look at verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Who is the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of Jesus. For what purpose? Is the Spirit of Jesus going to be poured out to help, to help, to get in close, to get underneath, to give you supernaturally what you will never have on your own? Folks, if we don't tap into this and understand here is our power, here is how we tap into it. What is the trigger? The trigger is relentlessly. In the small things and the big things, you will not stop asking your Father in the name of the Son for help from the Holy Spirit. You you get in your truck and head to work. Reviewing what you can see of the day and knowing a bunch of it you can't see yet. But you're saying, Lord, I need your help today. I need your help with this personnel situation. I need your help with this physical thing within me. I need your help with this mental thing that I can't figure out, that I can't forgive, that I can't give, whatever it be. And it isn't just about praying for the Pacific Ocean problems. It's about the little things like the the drying up St. Augustine grass in your backyard. He's as good with the big as he is with the little. But folks, listen, I'm telling you, there's some of us, you you can poke us and Scripture comes out. You poke us on another side and amazing grace comes out. we're We're so full of Scripture and so full of church, so full of religion, but no power. No power. Bottom line, no power. We worry like everybody else. We get mad like everybody else. We fear what everybody else fears. No power. You'll know why. It's because we are not asking 
for help from the helper. Don't you tell me, oh, yes, I do. No, you don't. Not enough. Here it is said. You knock and you keep knocking. You look and you keep looking. You seek. You'll find. So why would the Lord do that? It's because he's desiring to invite us into a closeness with him that smooth water will never give you. We need the storms. We need the unanswered questions. We need the times, the nights that are long and difficult for the purpose of drawing us to him and the father hearing his child. Oh, Abba, my heart's breaking. Oh, Abba, I don't know what to do. Lord, I don't know what to choose. I don't know whether to go or to stay. And he would just ask me, ask me, ask me, ask me. I'm going to say, if you see, here's nothing. This thing about asking the Lord is not just about doing some, some bland or dry mental exercise, thinking things toward God and assuming that's prayer. You haven't asked him until you understand that he's in the room, that he's, he's listening to you, and that his presence is there in the room where you're asking. Not just reciting the rosary, not just reciting the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, but a child with a scared heart, a child with a grieving heart, a broken heart, a needy heart, a concerned, a fearful heart, coming before the Lord, waiting until you sense that you're talking to somebody, not just rattling off a bunch of words. Lord, I need to sense your presence. I want to sense your presence. He has a way of making his presence known. And then in that place, to unload, unload it, unload it. Jesus said, the Father will give the Spirit to those who are asking him, give the Spirit for what? Give the Spirit to help. Where do you need help? Then have you been to the Father? Have you been asking for the Lord by his Spirit to give you what you need in that place of your heart? I think it was this Thursday morning, Shirley and I were drinking coffee together. I think that's what old people do. Of course, I'm old. She's still in her 20s. She is, I'm thinking. But anyway, we were there drinking coffee, and she started to tell me about how there was something with regard to the city where she had not been able to get approval or the renewal for a license for some of the Airbnb properties that she oversees. And it had just been, it had become to be a frustration. She'd been working on it for months. Now, in the eyes of the universe, this is just a little old gnat. This is no big deal to the big scheme of things. But to Shirley and to me, because it was affecting her, it was a big deal. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what else to do. We're running out of time. Deadline's coming. I hadn't been able to talk to anybody. I hadn't been able to get any response from anybody down in the city. So we, 
there we sat in, in our, our little front room, and we just determined Thursday that we were going to ask the Lord to help us, to help her, to help, help get away. We wanna, we're not, we'll pay what we pay, just tell us what to do, let's get the thing processed. But we couldn't even get a human. <laughs> you know how that is. So we prayed. And, and, and it's just, it, it's not verily, verily, in as much as whithersoever King James English. It's not that kind of praying. It's a child talking to his father. Just how you would regularly talk. You say, Lord, for whatever reason, we haven't been able to get this done, and there's blockage, and you know, you know what's going on. We're just asking you to help. Just asking you to help us today. I, I left town, and I got a call Friday afternoon, and she said, I got to tell you, <laughs> there was a miracle. There was a miracle out of City Hall or whatever the agency was down there. She said, I, I got to talk to a human, number one. You know? <laughs> number two, they listened to me. They took down the information. They, in effect, apologized for how long it's been taken. They processed the whole deal, and, and they're sending us the bill for what we owe. But all the paperwork has been done except for us paying the bill which in our little, our little spot, just the two of us, I wanted to pull a King David running down the street of Jerusalem in his gym shorts. Praise him the Lord. Praise him the Lord. Because there was no human entity. There was no string we could pull. There was no somebody that, we, that could get that thing done. It was a little bitty thing on the whole scheme of things, but it was big enough for us to know the helper knows how and when to help you. That's why I'm hollering and spitting and stomping this morning. It's because I'm telling you, there was a whole other way to live than for you to feel like you're an orphan. I would look back at, just, just real quickly, at that John 14. John 14 and verse 17, where he has said, The Spirit of the truth, Spirit of truth, and the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. Then he says, I will not leave you. I will come to you. We interpret that sentence of Jesus in the light of the other things that he has said. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the spirit of the invisible Jesus. It's going to be more to our advantage that Jesus send forth his invisible spirit to be in us than to just be with us because he is able now to be anywhere any of his children are. If he was still in one body, we'd be having to run to Jerusalem or the Mount of Olives or somewhere to go to try to find him. But after the resurrection, after the exaltation, and he pours out his spirit that is champion over death and over time and over space, he comes to live inside you. He, the omnipotent Christ, comes to live inside you. And he waits. He waits for us to pull the trigger. You got the power. It's in you. Everything's hooked. 
But the asking, the asking, the asking, the asking is on you and on me. He's done everything he can do except for that. And I'm going to finish with this. There are some believers, there are some followers of Jesus that worry the devil. There are some followers of Jesus that don't don't bother him a bit. The ones who bother him, the ones who bother him are the ones who do this. Anytime, anywhere, I'm not going to do that again because it might mess up our Sabbath. <laughs> because you know what happens? When you cry out for help, and you're not hollering it this way, and you're not hollering it this way, you're hollering it to heaven. The spirit of the one who commands the angel armies lives inside you. The spirit of the one who all he has to do is speak a word, make a declaration, do something, some kind of intervention, and hell has to back away because you've learned how to holler for help. Folks who don't ever learn how to holler for help, they go to heaven when they die smelling like hell on their clothes because the enemy just keeps knocking and keeps bumping. He doesn't care how smart we think we are. He doesn't care about our reason. He only understands a bigger gun barrel, and that's the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord puts us in situations that are going to be human impossibilities often. That's not to be an exception. That's the rule. Because he expects that we will in those places holler, help, help, and expect the helper we come to, ex- come to almost enjoy the impossible things he brings that we stand in. The unusual, the can't figure out things. Because it's there that we have discovered that whom I keep ask, ask for and keep asking for the helper to help. We again and again and again have experienced the intervention of his help. Young believer, young preacher, you may be listening to this. You, you don't need to necessarily find somebody when the alligators are crawling up in your backyard and the copperheads are hanging off the lamppost looking at you as you walk out the door. You, you, you don't necessarily need to Find another preacher who can give you a little, little cute little formula. Uh, you know, six verses to memorize, seven statements to make, and all will be well. Or, or as a young believer, someone who can just give you a list of things, these things, if you do them, wh- what you need, what we need is somebody who has learned how to holler for help. They're able to say to you, it doesn't matter if you're old, young, skinny, or thick. 
married or single, whatever, it doesn't matter. Your Father loves you. Here's what I can tell you. You cry out. You cry out. You cry out and you keep crying out and you will find Him faithful to rescue you. Don't look for some scripture formula or some image of a, in a human sense to imitate or copy. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give the helper to help? What is He giving the Spirit for? He's giving the helper to help. Demonstrations, manifestations, interventions for the Lord to help you. Now here's what we're going to do. We're going to close with this. I want to ask and invite all of you in this room, any of you in this room, where somehow this is, this is hitting something in your heart. I believe the Lord has put a measure of faith in my heart to pray for you, to pray that the Lord by His Spirit will impart faith into your heart to believe that the things you've just said are true, just heard are true. And that if you will begin to cry out for help, the helper will help you. I'm so aware after these 45 years of doing this on most Sundays of my life, at least the last 45 years of my life, I can look out at folks and there can be some folks, it's like you're looking, it's like you're looking at sheetrock. They're just here to check a box. There are others that it's like there's a flame, there's like something flickering in their eye because they're getting it. And my prayer week after week is, God, just don't give me words, send your power. Not cute little funny little three-liners, little what a preacher stuff. But Lord, what your people need is your power. They need to be able to believe that when they cry out for help, that you will deliver with help that only you can give. And that's how I've prayed. And that's what I'm believing. And I want to ask you, if you're here and you would wish to be prayed for in that regard, with regard to the specific place where you need help, to believe that the Lord, as you cry out, God will bring His help in the way that He chooses to do it. I want to ask you to get up from where you're seated right now. Just, just go ahead and stand up and come down this way. To put some feet to it. I believe it. I believe it. No. Put your feet to it. If, it. if this hit, and it may not have hit everybody, that's fine. I'm not fussing everybody. But where, where there is something, where there is something that is bigger than you, there is something that human help will not fix. Only the Lord can fix it. Then, then it's not going to be some magic of the preacher's prayer. But it's that you own it that this promise is for you. Lord, I'm your child. Your name is my Abba. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I've received you, Lord, as my Savior. And I'm asking you to help me, Lord. I'm asking you to help me. Somehow our minds have got to get out of this building, so that's why it helps to close our eyes. But the sense is you're not just talking to air, but you are speaking to the Lord. Lord, here we are. 
You know where we stand. You, you, you know what we need. You, you know where the help, where we need the help. Now, Lord, I, I, I ask you, I believe you're going to do it. I ask you to impart fresh faith, fresh faith into your sons and daughters who are in this place of prayer. Fresh faith to begin to cry out as a child. You've said that the spirit of your son is within us crying out, Abba, Father. Well, what would a child be saying to the Father? Help me, Father. Abba, help me. And I pray, Lord, that there will be, even as they begin to say that, to speak that specifically from their heart, that there will immediately begin to be a sense of assurance within them by your spirit that they're being heard. The timing for the solution to every part of it may not be by dark today or may not be in the immediate next day or two. But that, Lord, there would be that, that sense of assurance within. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. You are my child, and I invite you to come to me with the places where you need help, and I am hearing you, and you can trust me. I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it together for good in your life. You, you watch and you'll see it will happen. And Lord, I pray that you'd give to us the ability to encourage one another in that regard. Encourage one another in that regard. Keep asking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. Not because our Father is loath to bless, but because our Father is drawing us into a partnership with Him. The peace that you give, the timing is perfect in your hands, Lord. There's nothing that confuses you. There's nothing that will overwhelm you. There's nothing that will stop you. There's nothing that will confuse you. Trusting you, Lord, to give to your, give to your sons and daughters fresh faith to be able to rest, rest in you. But Lord, I believe there are some immediate changes that you want to do just to stir up faith and to confirm this word of the hearts of your sons and daughters. So I ask you, Lord, for an immediacy to these things that we're praying according to your heart. And we bless you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Let's say his name together again. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Talk to him, not as if he's somewhere else and you're saying words. That's not prayer. Prayer is engaging in a conversation with the heart, with the one you're praying to. We, we don't serve, we don't serve a, a crucifix. We don't, we don't, we don't. We, he's alive, he's here, he's real. Talk to him, talk to him, talk to him. Amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you, Lord, by your spirit, just do whatever you want to do. Do everything. Do everything that you want to do. 
in the hearts of your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. He promises. Bless you. God bless you. I'm going to do this one more time now. And so we'll get a little, okay. This is you and me. This is the Spirit. So we've been given access. This is the trigger. It's the asking. Keep on asking. Keep on asking. Power. Power. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Jennifer, will you lead us in worship and sing us out of here as we, as we join with you? God bless you.